Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sanctuary of Quest Church. I'm thrilled that you are watching tonight. Now, here's what I need you to do right now. Go ahead and hit your share button. Make sure you get your friends and your family involved. And if you can hit your share button on your computer and take your cell phone and text your friends and family and tell them to watch, that will be good as well. We need you to like and comment tonight. Hit those hearts and those thumbs. Get involved and be engaged. It's going to be a great night. Listen, we just finished this series, as Pastor Christian said, and man, what a service we had yesterday um, on the house blessing. It was our largest attendance of the year. And I'm so thankful for all the families that were here. And just know that your house is a safe house because your house has the blessing in it and the blessing on it. So we thank all of you for your involvement, your commitment, your covenant to the house of God and know that you are covered. Ezekiel 44 verse 30 tells us that when we bring our best to God, our house is blessed. And you brought your best yesterday, so I promise you your house is blessed. Go ahead and pick up the book, though, for your friend. Ever since you, ever since you got yours, buy one for your friends and send it to them. RickHawkins.org. I am thrilled on this night. My brother is with me. We are under the same spiritual covering, the same spiritual father, Pastor Dick Burnell from San Jose, California. I met this man about 14 years ago, 13 or 14 years ago, and I've watched him maneuver and move with a mantle through this nation that is very conspicuous. If you've ever heard this man preach, you know you're going to hear something that is revelatory. It's going to be powerful. And so I want to welcome to our program tonight, Pastor Steve Hage. Pastor. What's up, Bishop? We love you, man. Man, right back. Glad you are here. He's going to be here for a few days. Actually, he'll be preaching for us on Wednesday night. What an honor and so glad, so honored to be uh, putting my hand on the plow of your purpose in this city. It's great. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Now, let me just push your pause button just for a moment. Something just came to me. Yesterday morning in our church, Tony Mason led worship for us. Yeah. And uh, Tony is supposed to be on The Voice tonight or tomorrow night. So we don't know which one. So our church is, you know, positioned themselves to, don't you watch him tonight. <laughs> push, push that record button and record The Voice. Watch us tonight. And then afterwards, you can watch what you have recorded. I just need to let our people know that, Pastor You know Steve. what? Use TiVo and come listen to Bishop and Steve-O. <laughs> there you go, yeah, man. Right. So you've been traveling a lot. Now, what happened to your travel ministry during this COVID period? It, uh, it did what everybody else's did. You yeah. Know, it just fell asleep for a minute in uh, like seven months. But... You know, God is a supernatural sustainer. Yeah. And uh, the goodness of God is got enough in it to take care of whatever badness you're facing. Right. And so, um, you know, we made it through. And now, uh, you know, the phone's ringing again. And I'm really, really gotten real busy again. So. And pastors an incredible church. As well in uh, Orange, Orange County. Yeah, in Laguna Beach area. Laguna Beach area. Yes, yeah, I know. Church. I know. It's just horrible out there, and it's just well, a hor oh, that's a hard place to live. Laguna we, Beach. We, we have we have 
our challenges <laughs> as every pastor does. Seriously, though, California. Oh, buddy. What is happening with churches? Are, are you reopened yet? No. Or still no. Can't. Wow. No, can't. So the state is pretty much shut down. Well, <laughs> to churches it is. So we just took all the furniture out of our living room and out of our formal dining room and put the band in our in our living room and put uh, and now we have like invitation only and we've got a few people in there and then we tape live and uh we got hundreds of people watching us and uh we got a, a handful of people that come every week and uh i'm just having church in my house and my neighbors haven't complained yet been doing it about six weeks i just got sick of no worship and right no fellowship and so you you have your band right in your living and, room and and drums and just we're, we're, I do, love we're it, doing man. it I, I couldn't stand it so yeah so I turned my house into God's house yeah you know and we all went through a learning curve as pastors didn't we yeah we did what I found interesting during this season is that you know there were a lot of pastors that social media really wasn't that important to them mm. but suddenly the thing that we kind of pushed back now became essential to us and we needed it to reach our people well, you know, when you love your people, you will do anything that you have to do wow. to make sure you lead and feed. And the, and the thing I, I've appreciated about you, and we talked about this seven months ago, was uh, we made a decision that we were going to get out front and stay out front. Yeah. And remember, I remember we talked about I don't remember a, that. a lot of that yep. stuff, and uh, we were just like, we're not going to get behind people and push them. We're just going to get out in front and lead them and, uh, and then depend on the Holy Spirit and our own fellowship to uh, provide ideas so we could be uh, leading and feeding our people, man, because that's what we live for. We lay our lives down for our people. That's true. And, you know, I remember that conversation very well. Yeah. And you told me, you said, don't wait, man. Get, right. in, get in front of this thing. Yeah. And, and stay there. Yeah, and stay there. And, we, and we've done that. And I'm very thankful for our staff and the way they work so diligently. And we have been. You know, we've, I was telling you on the way over here, something is happening every day with Quest Ministries and Quest Nation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Pastor Steve, you, you are a church man. If yeah. I've ever met one. I mean... You've done it all, youth ministry. You, you were there in the 80s and 90s when ministry, huge ministries, you were behind the scenes. And I won't even name them. I mean, it's pretty amazing how God has used you. Yeah. And what is, what is your impression going forward? You know, I, and if you want to go into some of the things you've done, I know, I know you don't like talking about that, but... Maybe you want to tell the people, even with Pastor Dick, man, Pastor Dick Bernal, you have been, how long have you been in relationship with him? 27 years he's been my pastor. 27 years. I want you to hear that. Same pastor for 27 years. That tells me two things. Great legacy from Pastor Dick and great loyalty mm. from Steve Hage. Mm. And you two are to be commended, and I'm just glad y'all made room for me in that oh circle. easy you, you you know when you got the cool gene you're welcome <laughs> come on somebody <laughs> i hear you yeah so talk to us about ministry and how you've seen it evolve you know over the years and uh, some of the things you've done and experienced well this is my 46th year of full-time ministry 46 yeah. years yeah wow. 
and uh, been on the planet for 63 years, but uh, 46 years of full-time ministry, never took a sabbatical, never took a, I think I've missed five Sundays in 46 years, uh, not because I'm anything special, I just have a zeal for God's house. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the really fun things that we've gotten to do is I, uh, back in the Back in the day, I was voted uh, by Wheaton College the number one communicator, uh, charismatic communicator to young people in America. Yep. They did a survey of the top 25 speakers in the world. I was number 18. Yep. Um, I had the profound privilege of speaking on the United States Capitol to 300,000 parents and teenagers and uh, 60,000 people gave their heart to Jesus uh, there on the Washington Mall. And I remember standing on the United States Capitol steps and looking at the Washington Monument and just packed out in these six screens. And there I was, this kid from Los Angeles with, wow. uh, you know, with no pedigree and no uh, first-generation Christian. Yeah. And I got a microphone in my hand, and I'm preaching to three hundred thousand people that's amazing where dr martin luther king stood and many great uh orators of god uh, that god has raised up so uh i couldn't believe that i was there but i was there yeah and uh and then those uh, we did the largest youth crusade uh perhaps in history in uh, bombay india with dick burnell 125 thousand young people showed up in one place at one time wow and i got to do that and preach that and uh so you know i've gotten to do some pretty amazing things uh was the chaplain to the la lakers for 12 years and worked in the nba and the nfl and uh just got to do some cool stuff man you have and (laughs) you know when i hear those stories and just watch how god has strategically maneuvered you not just moved you but maneuvered you into specific, unique, conspicuous places. That's a powerful purpose right there. And I know you know that. Well, and, you know, our purpose is just partnering with the God deposit that that all of you have and that we all possess. Yeah. And you just get synchronized to what God has already deposited on the inside of you. And then... You know, as we've moved into uh, this season of our nation is unprecedented. Yes. You know, I've never seen anything like this. No, not even close. And uh, I've just been kind of calling it the big reveal. Okay. Um, Talk to us about that. So, you know, this is where you figure out what's first in your life. Okay. Are you a Christian first or are you a Democrat or a Republican Come first? on with it. Yes. You know, uh, do we love first or do we hate first? Do we... Uh, what narrative are we calibrating to? Because in every season of challenge, you know, hell has the same narrative. Yes. It just wears different garments or has different mouthpieces, I think, from time to time. Come on, man. But the narrative that produces the fruit of hate and division, argument, anger, uh, that tries to uh, eliminate the narrative of the kingdom, yeah, which is celebrate diversity, but preserve unity. Wow! And 
right? And yeah, um, man. I mean, when we get to heaven, it's going to be every tribe, every tongue, every ethnic representation. Yes. But there will be the preservation of unity. Yeah. And so when the Apostle Paul said, let there be no divisions among you. Yeah. That word division means a, a crack or a space where the demonic narrative that carries the agenda. Come on, Pastor Steve. Right? Where yeah, the agenda of, of the demonic uh, can start operating in your environment, in your home, in your life, in your politics, in your church life. Y'all need to share this. This is powerful. Keep rolling, man. So, so I think that, um, you know, we have been called to something higher than this. Yes. Uh, I know that, I know that God took, I know that God did not take sin out of the world, Mm -hmm. but he did take it out of your life. Come on, man. He took, and then he, and then Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Yeah. Yeah. Believe. Yes. Believe in God and believe in me. And so uh, the psalmist said in Psalm 27, 13, I think it is, he said, I would have despaired if I didn't believe I would see the goodness of God while I was still alive in yeah. the land of the living, right? Right. So, so if, if you are experiencing the fruit of despair, then you have uh, coordinated yourself and calibrated and got into the the cadence of a narrative that has got you, uh, that has vandalized the goodness of there God in there your life. There it is. Yeah. Man, and that is happening. So yeah, I know guys that are in, have been in relationship for 30 years because of some of the div- divisions that are going on right now that are not even speaking to each other. Yeah. And I got news for you, and I know you'll concur. If you think the election is going to solve everything, you're wrong about that. Because the enemy is going to perpetuate the problem even after this election. Well, legislation was never designed by God to change the hearts of men. Come on. So the hearts of men is the heart. That's why Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. How do you know your heart's being troubled? Well, you're having trouble with trouble. Yeah. Trouble is troubling your heart. Right. He didn't say, I'm going to take trouble. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but you be of good cheer. What did Luke, I think it's chapter 21, he said, listen, men's hearts are going to fail them because they're expecting mm. stuff to happen. Yeah. So it hadn't even happened. Right. They're expecting, they're just expecting it, to, it to happen. And so and it's going to affect fails. their heart. Yeah. And, the, and the thing with the heart is that the heart has a cerebral faculty. Right. And as a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he is. So you get these internal conversations inside of your heart that have talked you out of the goodness of God. As if the goodness of God doesn't have the ability in it to solve whatever problem you're in. So the narrative that takes 30 years of relationship and makes it subservient to politics or to Come on, issues, Steve. right? Yes, man. And so to me, that is the, that is the problem with uh, what's first in your life. Yes. Are we Christians first or are we political parties first? Are we, uh, are we policy-oriented or are we purpose-driven? So, so I, that's what I believe that uh, when we start having the fruit of division, we have, we have gone down 
a notch in our purpose. Sure. Our call on the planet is to not to not uh, carry the water for the devil. Yeah. To carry the agenda of our enemy. Right. Right. And good overcomes evil. Yeah. So that that has got and that good thing how good and how pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in man, unity. You're preaching on this platform, man. So so. When we allow, I won't even get into conversations about this. Right. People call the church, hey, what's your stand on this? I said, or what's the church's stand on that? I said, you're not asking for the church's stand. You think I'm the church and you want to know. I'm not talking to you about that. I said, if we spend as much time trying Come to get on. clarification yeah. of political issues as we did getting clarification of Scripture, yeah. we wouldn't be having this issue. So the Bible says, and, and I, I know you said, let's talk about understanding the time. That's right. So the Bible says, in all of your getting, get understanding. Yes. What we have to stop doing is, in all of our getting, try to be understood. Come on in this building, man. So, right? So we're yes. trying, we, we, we are using our exertion to be understood. Yep. When the Bible says, you being understood does not move the ball. Come on. You right. getting understanding moves the ball. Moves the ball. That's right. So if I spend my time trying to understand you and you try and you spend your time trying to understand me, yeah. then we can get into some unity, then we can get into some compassion, then we can get into some empathy. Yeah. Then we can get some understanding uh, so I can understand what it's like for you, the way you grew up, you can understand what it's like for me. And then we can lose our judgments about it because we've gotten understanding. Wow. Instead of standing up, pounding our fists, and trying to be understood. You're talking good, man. Don't you agree that you really have to take on the lowest version of yourself to even entertain that dialogue? Mm. The dialogue of division. That is the lowest version of who you are. The highest version of who you are, or should I say, the best version of you is the version of you that matches the verses of Scripture. And we must relate all of this. Understanding is the ability to relate how every event in my life has to do with a far bigger picture. And Jesus said, what you understand cannot be taken from you. Hmm. And when the scripture says, in all you're getting, get understand, that's a pursuit to me. That has to be intentional. No, your, your accumulation is understanding. Right. Your exertion is not being understood. So, so the lowest, so I'm going to kind of ask you if this is what you mean by that. Okay. So, you know, the Lord's way up, everything in the kingdom, you have to betray natural tendencies. Yes. So if you want to get, you got to give. You got to give, right. If you want to be exalted, you got to humble yourself. That's right. You want to be first? Nothing wrong with being first. Sit at the last. Just be last. That's right. You want to be great? Come on. Be a servant of all. Yes, sir. So it, you, you, we have to develop the discipline to uh, betray our natural tendencies. Yes. So one of the most prominent, robust, uh, natural tendencies is selfishness. So when you're talking about you got to go low yeah. to 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 be the most effective in the kingdom, mm -hmm. the way I interpret that is that you have got to abandon the narrative of self. Yes. So I say it like this, that the, the, uh, the, uh, the introduction of selfishness 
in any relationship is the inauguration of the deterioration of that relationship. That's the initiation. That is the truth. So, so even my relationship with God. Yeah. If I start being selfish, remember even, even the Bible says, look, you're praying wrong because yeah. you got your motives are wrong. Right. You got you're self praying with a selfish motive up front yep. in our marriages, in our relationships with our children, in, in the way that we relate to our churches and to our pastors and, you know, coming to church. Consumer mentality. Well, when, like I'm not being fed. Listen, the Bible says you should be teaching right now, but instead you're drinking milk. What, you're an infant. What do, what do infants do? Infants depend on someone else to feed Come them. Come on, man. Right? Yes. So when you, one of the greatest examples of selfishness is that is incident of an immature, infantile, rudimentary, elementary mindset yeah. that says, I'm going to go around and find out who's cooking the best Bible verses in town. Woo. And then I'm going to go smorgasbord instead of getting into the community of faith yeah. and let the community of faith uh, evidence the areas of your life that need to change. See, this is what I'm going to talk to the staff about tomorrow. This is incredible communication. I'm putting your pause button on again yeah. because these people need to share this. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you, this is helping people, Pastor Steve, because... It's, it's like I'm looking in the stands of Major League ba uh, Baseball right now, and they got the cardboard people, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's how it's been for too long. You know, it's, it's, it's the facade that has shown up and not the heart. And, man, you're, you're saying some healthy things. Continue on, man. Well, but, but religion vandalizes the character of God. Hear it. That's what it does. It, it throws rocks through windows and goes in there and takes what doesn't belong to them. And, My God, and man. that's what that's what religion does. And so, so weak TED Talk pastors, yeah, crater to the pressure of religious people. Come on, man. Yes, and then and then they get mad at you for right. cratering at their demands. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then they'll go to the next place that they're going to leave. Yeah. So so. The, Go to the next place they're going to leave. They're going to leave. So, so the, the God will never entrust his promises or his power to uncommitted people. Wow. Like you, people, you talk about the windows of heaven opening. God is not going to open a window of heaven to someone who isn't committed to tithing. That's right. Because he, you're proving that you're not trustworthy of a window of heaven being open over and pouring out a blessing because you're not, God is not going to bless your marriage until a husband gets committed to love his wife the way Christ loves the church and the way a wife respects her husband as the Lord. So when you get committed to the house, yes, then you can extract everything, all the characteristics of that culture that are designed and assigned to you know, your life. This is why I'm going to talk to the staff about this tomorrow. This is why the Bible says, and the Lord added to the church daily, daily. those who are being saved. Yeah. So the very next thing Jesus does after he saves you is he shows you who your pastor is. Wow. That is strong. It's the very next thing. Yeah. So if Jesus really saved you, you know who your pastor is next. Yeah. He doesn't just save you and said, okay, man, go get him. Right. He'll add you to the church. A church is not a church without a pastor. And a pastor is not a pastor without a church. 
That's so, good, man. So that's where, that's where the power is. So when we get committed to God's issue, which is his church. Right. Not a, a place of division. Not so a pl- not so a pl- what do you say to, in this season, Yeah, you've probably heard these stats. I'll rehearse them. One third of the church members pre-COVID are still with their church. One third? One third. One third has left their church and is going to a different church or they're watching online, okay? Mm-hmm. And then how about this stat? This is one that scared me. Just saw this a few weeks ago. One third has left church, okay? So one third of the people that were attending church in America before COVID is not even watching online right now. So to those people, how do you address that group that all of a sudden decided in COVID, man, I've been in the wrong church for the last 10 years? Well, I just think that, number one, I just hope that people find what they're looking for. Yeah. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. Hope you find what you're looking for. Right. Leaving a 10-year commitment because the big reveal revealed that you really weren't committed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, so I think we need to investigate our thinking. Right. If we are cavalier about repositioning a 10-year relationship. Yeah. Or even a one-year relationship. Right. God's assignment, when he assigns you to a vision to a pastor, it's with your destiny in mind. Right. And there's got to be, look, you've got to make adjustments to have an eternal God living on the inside of you. Yeah. And God's mechanism for maturation is the voice of your pastor, period. Wow. So Say that again now. God's mechanism for maturation, what, the tool that he uses to mature you yeah. is the voice of your pastor. Like, like, like I think it was Peter said, we're not serving ourselves. We're serving you by the dispensing of the revelation. You already know all this stuff and yeah. are living it. You're up, you think you're up here preaching to you? Right, right. No, you're, you're bringing illumination that causes transformation to people's situations so they stop having so much perspiration you know, in their <laughs> life, right? Right. But it's the voice of the pastor that's going to flush things up that are standing in between you and your destiny. Yeah. And so that's why God assigns you to a house. Yeah. That the enzyme... The enzyme of quest is going to plop, plop, fizz, fizz, and bring to the surface things now that will stand in the way of your mission and your purpose later. Wow. This is prophetic. This is why you stay committed. Yeah. Stay in there. Because commitment is the trigger that releases the power of God in your life. Come Uh, on. It doesn't matter how big your bullet is if you don't know where the trigger is, man. Right. You can't get the power out. You walk around saying how great, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But you, you, you will crater to a narrative of division, a narrative yeah. of hate, yeah. a narrative of race, a narrative of, that reduces Jesus down to your political views. Stop with that. Right. When you get committed to what God's committed to, then you will experience the power to extract the gift of what that of, of that place that you're committed to. Yeah. Like you got to be committed to this house, mm-hmm. committed to this pastor, committed to this vision. Listen, and everybody's got troubles. Right. But but there is a narrative of heaven that supersedes the narrative of hell. 
You just got to calibrate to it. And pastors are anointed by God as gifts from God. God gave gifts to men. Yeah. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? To provide a way for you to escape the narrative that's trying to decompose your destiny. This is so powerful. I had very little time with Pastor Steve today. You must understand this. I picked him up at 6.30 from the hotel and said, hey, this is, we're going to talk about understanding the times. And the things that he is hitting on right now perfectly dovetail into what we've been talking about concerning the house blessing and how important the house is, God's house and your house. So I appreciate your sensitivity to the spirit. Now, I want to say this to everyone watching. I hope your appetite is now wet for what God is going to speak through this man on Wednesday night. I know that God sent him here for such a time as this. And you cannot afford to miss the Wednesday night service. Pastor Steve, yesterday we asked our people to bring a house blessing, you know, a financial blessing to the house of God. As we close, talk to us just, you touched on it for a moment, Talk to us about the importance of giving not only your, your tithe, but other things to the house of God and how well, that Jesus, relates to covenant. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, believe. And then he said, now look, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Yeah. And in my father's house, there's many mansions. Yeah. Now, I don't know how big your house has to be to have a mansion on the inside of it, but that's a big, many that's mansions big. inside a house. Yeah. But Jesus is saying... That even the Father's house mm -hmm. is not a home without his people in it. Come on, man. Jesus says, I'm going to make a place for you in my Father's house. So if, if we don't understand our place in the Father's house on earth, we're not going to understand our place in the Father's house in heaven. Wow. Okay. And so that we are a, a conduit of supernatural sustaining. Yeah. For God's house, and then you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. Yes. That's, it's, it's just the way that it is. So, so the, the, the greatest seed and deed that you can sow, the greatest soil is the house of God. It's the most fertile soil. It's God's issue. It's why Jesus came to build his church. So uh, to me, if you're planted in the house of God, yeah. you'll flourish. So how do you know you're planted? You're planting. Wow. That's how you know you're planted. Yeah. You're, you're not planting. attending. You're not visiting. You're planted. How do you yeah. know you're planted? You're planting. Yeah, man. And it always comes down to believing and faith. And uh, listen, you've been assigned to a vision. And let's uh, commit to that vision. And then the commitment to that vision will release power in your life for you to get every single thing that you want in your life met. You have blessed me tonight, my oh, brother. Man. And I know that we haven't talked about it and everything, but I, I'm just going to tell you, just, just to be able to step on this platform after a five or ten minute conversation about what we're going to do tonight, and for you to flow the way you have done tonight is impressive to me. So I just want to commend you. The Bible says give honor where honor is well, due. Well, it's my honor to serve your well, vision. Well, I can tell you've been in the throne, man. You're, you're really hearing from God, and, and I, I appreciate Men of God that are sensitive to the Spirit of God, especially in the moment that we are in, because pastors are caving in, as you oh. know. I mean, 
I, another pastor passed this week. It's incredible the pressure. But listen, your enzyme, yeah, my enzyme, brings strength to pastors. Come on, man, who will allow our enzyme to operate in their environment. Right. That's it. Listen, plant tonight. Yes. You know you're planted when you are planting. And then you flourish. And then you flourish because of it. You can give tonight by texting Quest Norman to 77977. I was going to throw this back to Christian, but I think we'll just go right right out of this into a worship song or praise song. But I want to just stress it one more moment. Listen, it is important that we are givers. Jesus said, freely you have received. Freely give. You know this, Pastor Steve. There's really only two kinds of people in the world. There's givers. And there's takers. And there's takers. Be a giver. As Pastor Steve said tonight, when you give, it's coming back to you. And I want to encourage you tonight. Be a giver. Give tonight, get out your phone, text Quest Norman to 77977. Hey, we love y'all, don't we, Pastor Steve? Oh, man. And you know what? If you love the house, God so loved that he gave. And so, man, if, why don't you do something that says to Pastor Rick, to Quest, to what God is grinding out here in Oklahoma City and around the world yeah. Why don't you send, say I love you by giving? And the measure of your gift will reflect the level of your love. That's just how it is. The measure of your gift reflects the level, level of, your love. of your love. I'm going to use that. And That's when true. I use it, I'm going to say, I heard Pastor Steve <laughs> sure hey, say this. The first the second, time. Yeah, the second <laughs> time I'm going to say, like I always say. <laughs> All right, guys, we love you.